Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Mark Brown. I'm on vacation, so instead of your regular Good Morning Birdland, this is the last of a series of specials that are not directly reacting to the 2023 team. So however awesome or terrible it's gotten since I recorded this on July 26th, if the Orioles have extended their division lead or lost five games in a row and let the Yankees back in the race, if they've traded for Lance Lynn or Paul Blackburn or Josh Hader or no one else beyond Shintaro Fujinami, The mark of this recording knows nothing about it. Sorry. If you need to freak out, go to CamdenChat.com and our staff will surely have you covered. Today is going to be an all-mailbag episode inspired by some of your random favorite Orioles games. Uh, You know, in the old days of the sports website Deadspin, which still live on at their new venture, Defector, there was a common feature they would do known as Let's Remember Some Guys. And for today, we're going to do Let's remember some Orioles games. And these were all written in either by listeners to this podcast or commenters on CamdenChat.com. So let me just get right down into it. First up, from longtime listener Joel, who wrote about August 30th, 2011. Joel said, as an Orioles fan in exile, I hadn't had the chance to see a game in years Late 2011 felt like the start of the good Showalter years, with Weeders, Jones, Marquecas, and Hardy leading the team with hope on the horizon. I went to the first game of a home series against the Jays. It started off well. Jeremy Guthrie pitched six solid innings. Matt Weeders hit a homer off Brett Cecil. Vladimir Guerrero got a go-ahead hit. Jim Johnson pitched two scoreless innings. And then came Kevin Gregg. I never acquired a taste for his pitching. I predicted to my grandfather he'd blow the game, and he did. Forgettable reliever Willie Ayer gave up a leadoff triple and a run in the 10th inning after Greg allowed it to be tied in the 9th, but the Orioles came back in the bottom with a rally that included hits by spring training champion Jake Fox and a walk-off by even more forgettable infielder Ryan Adams. I got to spend a great evening with my grandfather watching a tense game and going home happy. Joel has been listening since the early episodes, so thank you, Joel, and thank you for writing in. I will just add, you picked the right game of that series to attend because the Orioles lost 13 to nothing the next night and 8 to 6 the day after that. I have my own memory of a random game against the Blue Jays in 2011. It was a couple months earlier than that. I went to a game with my cousin in early June against the Blue Jays, And we ended up sitting next to a couple of siblings from Canada. They were Jays fans. 
And I don't remember why, but we were talking to them, and I ended up telling them about the uh, then-breaking sexting scandal involving then-Congressman Anthony Weiner. So that's my Jay's random memory from 2011. Um, I don't know. I don't remember why my cousin and I ended up telling these Jays fans about it, but they were very delighted, and they were more delighted since the Jays won that particular game. Okay, moving on. Listener Chris wrote in about ALDS against the Yankees in 2012. He does not remember which one, but does remember it was the coldest game he's ever been to. My wife and I were in the last row, he says, in front of the chain link fence with wind cutting through to our bones. It was so miserable, but also so awesome. A metaphor for Orioles fandom. Chris, thank you for writing in. Uh, You know, I also have fond memories of the ALDS against the Yankees, although for me, it was game one where within 10 minutes of the Orioles winning the wildcard game that year, I went on StubHub or whatever and paid $80 for a standing room only ticket. I am glad I went to the first Orioles home playoff game in 15 years, although between the long rain delay and the Orioles blowing that game late, uh, it could have gone better, you know. Someday I will make it to an ALCS game. It has not happened yet. From a different listener named Chris, he wrote in about June 27th, 2003. Chris says it was a Friday night, and at that time it was $5 Fridays for college students. I went with friends, and at that time you could frequently help yourself to any seat after the seventh inning. My friends and I moved down behind the dugouts, and as it turned out, The game went 17 innings and was the longest game ever played at Oriole Park at Camden Yards at that time. So for $5, I got to watch 10 innings of baseball in the best seats in the house. Unfortunately, the Orioles did lose the game. Chris, thank you for writing in. I will also note future Oriole Jim Tomei had three hits for the Phillies in that game. The Orioles themselves only uh, picked up 10 hits across the 17 innings. No wonder they lost. They actually spoiled starting pitcher Jason Johnson going eight innings with only one run allowed. Too bad. I will just add, I think the biggest shame of the Manfred man or the zombie runner or whatever you want to call it is that this kind of late night extra inning delirium is basically squashed from existing in baseball fandom. And I think really that's a shame. Um, I also think it's a shame if that ushers, I think, are more sticklers about letting you move down in sparsely attended games lately, which, you know, let people let people slip into the back rows behind the dugouts. Come on. From listener Ben, who writes that he has been living in Boston for 20 years, so his random memory involves a game from Fenway Park, September the 10th, 2014. Ben says it was a weekday matinee, a beautiful afternoon, and the Orioles crushed the Sox early. The Orioles were up 10 to 1, and it ended up being an easy win, even after Joe Saunders gave up five runs in the ninth inning. The whole time, I kept looking at the giant AL East standings on the Green Monster and marveling that the Orioles were running away with the division. They clinched the title a week later for the third time in my life, hoping to add number four this year. Ben, on that division title from your keyboard to God's ears, you know, I had forgotten that Saunders was even on the 2014 Orioles, and that might be because he only had six appearances, and one of them was this clunker that Ben remembered. 
And he also added that he had a memory that day of Wei and Chen throwing seven innings, and Caleb Joseph and Ryan Flaherty combined for seven hits with five runs driven in. You know, what a special team. That's you know, that's the kind, really just perfect example of a 2014 Orioles game. You know, if you've got Caleb Joseph and Ryan Flaherty combining for half of the Orioles runs driven in early on uh, when they scored 10 runs early and half of them were Caleb and Ryan Flaherty. I mean, come on. But the Orioles were running away with the division. They clinched. It was great. Listener Michael writes in about another long game and says, I was at the Orioles-Angels game in 2019 where Stevie Wilkerson got the save. I am proud to say that I was one of the few that stayed to the end. Michael, thank you for listening to the show and writing in. You know, I still remember waking up the next morning and my wife told me that the game had gone 16 innings and Stevie Wilkerson got a save. You know, in an earlier era of my life, I would have been awake to the end for that one. In 2012, only seven years earlier, I stayed up for the entirety of the 18-inning game that they played in Seattle late that year. But, you know, by 2019, I was too old to be up for every West Coast game unless I had recap duty, which I did not on that occasion. By the way, shout out to Camden Chat writer Andrea for doing a great job after Random Chance saddled her with that West Coast marathon. And speaking of my wife, she also wrote in with a uh, message um, about a random Orioles game. Hers was from April 16th, 2005. She said, a friend had given me a game to a, a t- game to a ticket, a ticket to a game for Christmas, and the team did unexpectedly well to start the season. The game did not start off well. Mike Mussina was the Yankees starter. The Orioles were down six to two in the seventh inning. They came back. My favorite player, she wrote after crossing out Orioles boyfriend, Brian Roberts hit the Earl Weaver special to put the Orioles ahead seven to six. What I remember most is B.J. Ryan striking out Matsui with the bases loaded in the eighth inning. The sold-out crowd erupted. At that moment, it was pure Orioles magic. Uh, you know, it's really weird looking back at a box score where Sammy Sosa was an Oriole. He had two hits in this game. Also in the box score, Melvin Mora, Miguel Tejada, Brian Roberts, Jay Gibbons. The starting pitcher that day was Rodrigo Lopez. You know, this was an aerial of era of Orioles baseball, all right. Was it good? Uh, overall, no, but the April part of it was pretty fun. Thank you to Yankees reliever Tanyan Sturtz for giving up the four runs in one inning and facilitating the Orioles' comeback. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. All right, so let's remember some more random Orioles games. The next batch all came from Camden Chat readers who commented when I posted about this on the site earlier last week. So here we are, Camden Chat Reader 33. It's 2010, the latest year in an endless sea of Orioles futility. On August the 5th, the Orioles are 34 and 73. The Angels are a roughly 500 team and have bashers like Bobby Abreu. I've long forgotten going to the stadium expecting to win. I just want to see something interesting before we lost. Bottom of the ninth, we have a chance. A 4-4 tie. We get a man on third with one out. Sadly, Cesar Esturis is up. For some reason, Mike Sosha pulls an in-and-out fielder for a five-man infield, something interesting I'd never seen before. 
Then Cesar lines one into the outfield. The Orioles walk off. Orioles magic plays in the stadium. We have landed briefly on an uncharted island of success. That's a great memory, 33. Thank you for sharing. One thing I will add is this was actually Buck Showalter's third ever game as Orioles manager. You guys may recall the Orioles won four games in a row after Showalter took over and eight of the first nine when Showalter was the manager. And by the way, about that game, the Orioles led it four to nothing going into the eighth inning, gave up four runs in the eighth, and that was why it ended up being tied in the ninth. And they got the walk-off against future Oriole Francisco Rodriguez. Camden chat reader S. Manning writes, A game against the Jays, September 26, 2012. We had seven home runs, crushed the Jays, and Miguel Gonzalez threw seven innings pitched. Around home run number six or seven, I was looking around and realizing that we were really going to the playoffs. It wasn't unlikely anymore. And we saw the I'm Glad You Came video at that game, too. S. Manning, thank you for sharing. By the way, these are the Orioles who homered that day. Nate McClouth, Jim Tomei, Manny Machado twice, Chris Davis twice, Mark Reynolds. That is a 2012 lineup of Orioles for sure. I think we all had our moments that year, really that month of September, where it really sunk in that this was happening. For me, wasn't quite as random of a game. You know, it was the Cal statue game where Adam Jones led off the bottom of the eighth with a home run after Orioles relievers blew the 6-1 lead in the top of the eighth against the Yankees. When Jones hit that homer, that was it for me. I was like, okay, that's really it. We're doing it. And they did. They ended up clinching the wild card spot within days of S. Manning's memory. So thank you for writing. This one comes from Camden Chat reader Tarbox, who lives out of state. So he went to a May the 16th, 2012 road game against the Royals. And he said it was the first game he and his wife went to together. We sat row three behind the dugout for something like $15 per ticket. I told my wife that if the game went 14 innings, we'd try and get a hotel and come back the next day. The game went 15 innings, and I went back on the deal immediately, but regretted it the whole ride home when we got back at like 4 o'clock in the morning. The game had everything. Nick Johnson as the designated hitter, Wilson Betamid at third base, and he saved the day, Dana Evelyn being a good pitcher, Tommy Hunter as the starter, Adam Jones went 1-for-7, but hit a mile-long dong-bong in the 15th inning, and that was why the Orioles won. Tarbox, thank you for writing. You know, if you had come back the next day after that, you would have seen another Orioles win because they swept that little two-gamer. Also, in Tarbox's game, Xavier Avery was the leadoff hitter, really. And the Orioles were tied for the AL East lead after this mid-May game. And, you know, they somehow played that 15-inning game in only four hours and 10 minutes. Not too shabby, especially since they won. Also from a Camden Chat reader, Blue Hair in 22, who writes about April 20th, 2006, against the Cleveland, then Indians. And he says, almost all of my memorable games have been against Cleveland. This was the first Orioles game I remember being at, and it's when I started liking the team. Miguel Tejada had a home run in this game, but the most impressive play I remember was a relay throw home. By the time he caught the ball, the runner was more than halfway to home. I remember expecting him to not even throw the ball, but he fired a strike and got the runner by a foot. 
We were maybe 10 rows behind third base, so I had an amazing view of this play. He instantly became one of my favorite players. My parents bought me an orange Tejada jersey at the team store that I wore once a week for four years until it was unbearable. Blue Heron, thank you for writing in. Also, you know, other box score highlights from this eight or nine to four win. Eric Bedard was the winning pitcher. Javi Lopez came a triple shy of the cycle. And I was also excited for that Tejada era of the Orioles when it got started before the 2004 season. After they signed him to a six-year contract, I went out and bought the jersey. That was the first Orioles jersey I had ever owned. I thought it was a safe jersey purchase after the six-year contract. Uh, That turned out to not be quite the case, but Tejada was the best Oriole by Baseball Reference War in both 2004 and 2006. If only the rest of the roster could have kept up with him in those years. The 2006 Orioles were 10-7 and after Blue Herons win that April day. If only, uh, you know, they could have done the rest of the season as well. They finished April 13-13 and and did not have another 500 or better month for the rest of the season. This one comes from Camden Chat reader Guy Incognito. It was my 10th birthday, September 16th, 1992, the first game I had gotten to go to at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Cal had three hits. Glenn Davis hit a homer a few rows in front of me. Brady Anderson gunned down a runner trying for a double in the first inning. I was obsessed with Brady. Yes, I had the poster. Also, my first and only time seeing Mike Mussina pitch, Moose was absolutely dominant and went the distance. Thank you, Guy, for writing in as well. It was, in fact, a complete game four-hit shutout by Mike Mussina. He really should have been the runner-up for Cy Young that year, but instead he finished fourth. Some other box score highlights. Cal was caught stealing twice in that game. Billy Ripken was there as well. He had two hits. It's great to get a random game from the 90s here. The days of selling out every night really were fun. I have a lot of fond memories of going to random games of the Orioles in the 90s as well, although I don't really remember any of them specifically. It was just like, okay, the elementary school choir came and sang the national anthem, and then we sat in like the 19th row in the upper deck, or the middle school band came and did the same, and I played the national anthem, and then went and sat in the upper deck, and... It's a shame they really don't kind of do that sort of stuff anymore. I don't know why. I think there are many, uh, many Baltimore area schools where you could get a nice national anthem performance. And also, when you have, you know, 50 kids or whatever doing the national anthem and all their parents and all their siblings goes, that's not a bad way of selling some tickets either. After Guy's game, September 16th, 1992, the Orioles pulled within three games in the American League East with that win. However, they went eight and nine the rest of the way and ended up finishing seven games back. This was before the era of the wild card, but the O's only ended up with the fifth best record in the league anyway, so they would not have had a wild card even if it was a few years later when there were. Camden Chat reader T Fleck, to a longtime Camden Chatter, wrote in about opening day 2011, which was a road game. I was weirdly optimistic about the 2011 Orioles. I had spent the entire offseason arguing that adding pieces like Derek Lee would finally put us over the top, the top being a 500 record, which was the highest possible accomplishment that we could imagine at the time. Since the O's were starting in Tampa, I got my first and so far only chance to see an Orioles opening day. It was a Jeremy Guthrie start, the most dominant O's pitcher in a game I've ever been to. 
Eight innings pitched, three hits, zero earned runs left me expecting big things from that season. It didn't happen, and it broke me. I couldn't trust the Buck O's after that. You know, T. Flack, I also went around telling pretty much everybody I knew that something good was going to happen to the 2011 Orioles, and it didn't, and I looked like a big idiot. You know, I really thought the first full Buck Showalter season would do it. That team started by winning their first four games and six of their first seven, and then they lost eight straight games to fall to six and nine, and that was pretty much it for anything halfway decent happening for the team. You know, that eight-game losing streak was not even the year's longest uh, losing streak as they went on to lose nine straight games in July. Last but certainly not least, Camden Chat reader NMC Vicker 3 wrote in about August the 31st, 2014. He says, it was my oldest son's first Orioles game. He was five. I splurged and got tickets right behind home plate. I had never sat so close. It was a crazy game. 12 to 8, so many home runs, including a J.J. Hardy Grand Slam. We got the ice cream and the little batting helmets, and it instantly melted into soup. Also, it was Machado Jersey Giveaway Day. Still have the jersey. Unfortunately, he had gotten hurt the week prior and was out for the season. Thank you for writing in as well. You know, the 2014 Orioles really seem to specialize in those sorts of amazing games. Looking at the box score for myself, to refresh my memory, Caleb Joseph had four hits that day. David Lowe had three. Nelson Cruz hit his 35th homer. And Zach Britton got his 31st save, even though the Orioles led 12-5 going into the ninth inning because Ubaldo Jimenez gave up three runs in one-third of an inning pitched. Sheesh, Ubaldo, what the heck were the Orioles doing signing him? I will never know. But... NMC Vicker, I hope that your son still remembers that day you got the seats right behind home plate because that sounds great. So to everyone who wrote in, thank you very much. This is the last of the vacation specials. I will be back with a regular episode on August the 8th. Thank you all for listening and subscribing to the show. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's.